Happy Saturday to you, Devon. What's going on with you? It's hot. It's ridiculously hot. It's Houston heat. It is what it is. There's no getting around it. It's a different kind of heat here. It's humid. It's Yeah, that's what it is. The heat is bad, but the humidity is much worse. When I went to Summer Jam, actually, we both went to Summer Jam, um, that heat was something totally different. I saw, we were right at the stage, so you can see where all the artists parked. I was so jealous. Right. I was looking at Lil, Lil Flip's uh, Rolls Royce. I was like, he get to sit in there in the AC, come out and perform and go right back. I'm over here drenched. That's why I kept going. Hot t-shirt. That's why I kept going back into the tent, dog. The heat is like ridiculous. It just sits on you. Like, yeah. it, you feel the heat. It ain't, you know, like when you go to the islands and it's like 100 degrees and you're like, oh, but it ain't bad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, that. that that's nothing. It's nothing. It's something. It's something. It's something terrible. But just because it's terrible, like a lot of times me being outside, it gets too hot for me, particularly because I mean, honestly, because I'm black and ugly as ever, ever. I stay used to down to my socks. So no, well, no, it's them again. It's them boys from in my humble opinion. I'm your host, Avery, like a very nice guy. It's me. It's me. It's Avery. And that's my brother over there. Just Devon, ladies and gentlemen. That's me. You know what I mean. Same old, same old. You can find me at the Avery, T-H-E-E underscore A-V-E-R-I. And my brother, Jess Devon, writes for the Houston Press, best writer I know. I say it all the time. Uh, and you can find him at D-R Douglas, or also at Jess Devon on all social medias. You can find us both at My Humble O and My Humble Opinion Podcast. Thank you guys for showing up, really staying in. Thank you for listening. And we have somebody special today for us. This man is one of my particular favorites. He's done it all from making anthems like I Hate You Bitch to Summertime in the City, uh, to Gangster, just to name a few, to spitting clean verses on songs with Pimp C, Boosie, Nipsey, Jay-Z, Rick Ross, DJ Screw, and the list goes on, whose music has been preaching self-care before self-care was even cool. Also, if you don't know the words to most City Don, are you even really from Houston? Uh, he came by to tell us about the current life and times of Joseph McVeigh. Wrote to Vandross, Rodine, Rohamed Ali, Relvis Presley, CEO of One Deep Entertainment, the most City Don, ladies and gentlemen, with the album pressure streaming right now, the one and only Zero. Uh, what's going on? What's going on? I mean, the heat going on is heat. <laughs> you know, we're going to start off because that, that, yeah, you're well documented. Uh, you're, you're a Houston legend. Uh, and, and talking leading into that, that, that Houston legendary status. Uh, recently at the rodeo, Bumby had that all star performance. And one of the top moments of the evening was when the beginning of Mo City Don started playing on those speakers and then you came of out course. and then a a sold out arena at uh, Energy Stadium stood up and started rapping Mo City Don. Talk right. about what it's like to have that kind of response to a song that you put out two decades ago. Yeah. Uh... I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, you already know what I'm about to say. 
uh, it's dope, you know what I'm saying? To have, <laughs> to have seven, it's dope to have seven people digging what you're doing, but then have like 70,000, like this dope times 70,000. But uh, I mean, it's cool. I couldn't, I couldn't hear none of it. I mean, them special little, you know, men in black earpieces, you can't hear shit. So, I mean, I'm saying, you know, but it was, it was, it was dope. It was dope. Uh, I didn't even know that the stage was moving until I was on that. Cause I was like, I know I just seen this, but I don't see it no more. I thought it was, I thought it was weed, but <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, it, it, it was really moving. And I was, I ain't gonna lie. I was, I was, how they say, I was taken aback. <laughs> but, uh, but it was, it was dope, dope. It was dope. And then especially to have, you know, all my people in the city that I rock with, like, uh, I mean, I ain't but three of them, but uh, like, you know, <laughs> you know, all three of them were there. And I mean, so it was dope, you know, my, my auntie wasn't there, you know, and you know, but I mean, like my fans, you could definitely feel the love in the air. And I was like, yeah, this is really late right here. Nah, you said there's only three people you really rock with. You have this, uh, yeah. people, People love your music, they love your art, and they're huge fans of Zero, but they're also very cognizant of the fact that you don't you don't really like to talk to or be around people. That, you know, the persona is one deep. Like you like to be by yourself. Has that has that changed? Is it, did the music and the the popularity create that? Or have you just always been like that? Nah, I mean I've always been like that because I'm I'm a I guess I'm a real good judge of and I hate to use the word judge, but I guess I'm a real good judge of character. I'm I'm a real good judge of person. And uh like you could be the realest dude or the realest chick in the room, you know what I'm saying? I still don't fuck with you, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't know you, I don't know what your intentions are. So I don't really wanna come across like like I'm just better than nobody or uppity, but it's like, you know, you befriend a lot of the wrong people and you pay dearly for that in the end, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, like me, letting somebody, letting somebody get closer from me and that at the beginning of my tenure. And it was like, they wanted the autograph, but it was really a attempt to rob my chain. First time I got, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm not gonna let you get close to me no more. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take you outside of yourself and show you the youth before I put you back in and let you know don't do that shit no more. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know what your intentions are, especially if you're a woman. Like you come on now, like y'all, mm-mm. The dudes, yeah, I can, yeah. But, but them, they do this too, but you get in trouble for that. So you know, <laughs> I don't I don't trust none of y'all. I don't give a damn. Uh dudes, women, squirrels. Eggs, Jack in the Box burgers. I don't trust that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't trust Jack in the Box burgers neither. But you trust yeah. one women. You got Lolita. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's you know, that's one deep entertainment. There you go. And that's and, and that's and that's business. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's uh-huh. that's business, and that's business that'll get her to another financial tangent and take me to another financial tangent at the same time. So it's like you got to be close to some people and then being close to some people, you'll be close, but I mean, but you'll still be this far apart. So, <laughs> yeah. so what is, oh so God. what is close? Yeah. What is yeah. close? It's like, you know, people change every day. 
because I know I do. I was I was king of the ghetto when I went to sleep last night, but I'm, you know, I'm about to go to, you know, on the way to San Antonio to go do this, this super fest with Kirko and Kiki. And when I get there, I'm probably only gonna talk to Kiki, you know what I'm saying? And then I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, hey, slow light and bang, and then I hit her with the mule and I'm right back to this motherfucker. I ain't, I ain't got nothing to say, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I'm just, it was before the music, man, because people have been doing whole shit since before I even learned how to put words together. You know what I'm saying? Mm, mm. I mean, what was the decision to start to expand out One Deep Entertainment? Like signing Lolita Monroe? That, and, and honestly, there does appear to be a difference where even on the business side, where you're more open to, all right, let's go ahead and, and, and start getting out here more because... You you have a legacy. You can stop. There there's no yeah. There, this is not a oh I'm zero and I need to secure something. You're zero, so you've already got this right. down. What's right. the point now in saying you know let me start to expand this out? Well, to be honest with you, uh, I never wanted to. At any time in my career, I never wanted to sign an artist or build an artist from scratch because you know in these days, time, uh, you know. I probably can make a rap artist out of this exit sign behind my head. You know what I'm saying? It's easy. But but the thing about it is, like I said on the radio yesterday when I was doing the interview, uh, everybody can do something musical. Like it's not hard. It's not hard to get a jamming song. Like we can sit in the room, you know, me and y'all can sit in the room and I can say something. You can be like, that ain't it. Okay. Then you can be like, try this like we can build a hit but the thing about it that you can't build you can't really build you can't really build a legacy that's already put together and i tell myself one deep entertainment people know what my stamp is and if you know what my stamp is it's the struggle it's Basically, what Tupac said, it's the rose that grew out of the concrete type of shit. That's the only type of music I would ever want to put my hands on is another rose that's coming out of the concrete. Not because you're a bad bitch and you can wear a thong and you can moonwalk across stage and make everybody dig hard. You know what I'm saying? That's not my lane. Not because you can get up here on stage and talk about and rap about how many niggas you kill. That ain't, I mean, everybody does that. The thing about Lolita was, she was rapping like me. Yeah. I ain't heard too many people that rap like, and there's a lot of people who get out there. Like, I give other people their flowers, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got cats like, in the city, you got cats like Cal Wayne. Yeah. You got cats like Bleeder. You know what I'm saying? They, you know, some are friends, some are, you know, some are peers, but whatever the case may be. But it sounds like, but, but when you have a woman rapping like that, she kept her clothes on and she was talking about the struggle. And I know her personally from the hood. So it's like, I knew she wasn't lying. So when I heard her sounded like a version of me, cause I always told myself if I ever found the second coming of me and somebody that had one up on me, then that's who I would, you know, I would sit down and say, all right, let's talk about getting you to where I left off from. So you can skip all that bullshit that I had to go through and let's start you from there. That's good. And a lot of people came 
one line, eight people came. Well, that's a lot of people for me because you know, three's a crowd. And uh, and she stood out. She stood out and uh, she was like, she was rapping, rapping. Mm-hmm. And she was rapping about the stuff that I could be like, see, this is the thing right here. Y'all is men. How many times is you in the car and you know, no disrespect to Cardi or, or whoever it is or to a city girl, but I mean, how many times are you jamming and then a certain part come on and you got like, yeah, can't say that part. <laughs> right, you're right. But when can't it comes to Rolita album, I'm like, yeah. You can say all of it. All of it. I want to spray niggas you, with Uzis right now just because of her song. You feel me? <laughs> and she and she and she ain't said nothing about her pussy on the whole album. Not, not at all. No. Even in the uh that was refreshing to me that I could hear an album like don't die today. Like that shit, like I don't want to die today either, bitch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I am like I like I'm I feel this shit. So I was like, man, let me, let me you know, I had I had to be a fool to not get behind something like that. Now we've had her on the show and we've heard from her perspective. What was it your what was your perspective of hearing Lolita from only rapping for like a year? What was her what was your perspective when you first heard her in the studio rapping? I was like, damn, this nigga can rap. Because <laughs> I mean I couldn't know. I mean, as far as I know about, about Lolita, like even when I met her back in the day, it was always pull up, roll up, listen to Kevin Gates. That's what she always did. And then or listen to me, you know what I'm saying? Listen to Mo or listen to, you know, Big Mo, listen to Young Boy. It it was but the people that she was listening to, it was already like everybody that you listening to is crazy as fuck, including <laughs> myself. And they crazy talented and everybody can hit a note and sing. So you programming yourself without even knowing you programming yourself to be something special. Mm-hmm. You know, let's talk about uh, like extending that idea of programming. You have made this career of taking what looks like something to be negative. Like I remember the series where you was a uh, crack, codeine, things like that. And when you listen to the album, you're talking about the pitfalls, you're talking about the ups and downs. But even though there's this tinge of negative, there's always this level of positivity that comes out of your music. What are the themes that you're thinking about when you go in where it's like, you know, like, oh, I'm gonna name this album Codeine. <laughs> and I already know what the response is gonna be from two sides, one, the, the the people that are into that just gonna come to that because it's like, oh, that's what he said. And the other people on the other side are gonna be like, oh, this is gonna be some more negative music. Right. But it's, there's positivity in it. Uh, what are your, What is your thinking when you're going through it and starting to craft these albums? Uh, well, I don't craft albums. No, I don't craft albums at all. I, I, I never went into the studio like, hey, I'm about to do let the truth be told. Mm-hmm. Nah, I mean, I got it. I mean, ever since my rap a lot and my first Mike Dean experience, where it was like, yeah, let me get a dub with that so I can listen to it at home. Well, we don't give out copies. Y'all don't give out copies. <laughs> so you talking about, I just came over here and I, I just did a song and you ain't gonna give me a copy. Nigga, I kid. <laughs> <laughs> so my whole thing is after that I leave straight out of Mike Dean house 
and I go off Dunville, I go to Guitar Center and I put me a studio together. So I never had to experience that again. So with having a studio in your house ever since 2004, damn. I don't do albums. I get inspired. I get up, roll up, do whatever I'm gonna do, pull up, not not get up at all. But uh, and I go in there and I do songs. So if I wake up one day and I'm like, you know what? Album time, it's been a year. It's time to go and give them another one. Hmm, what I wanna call it? Coding? All right, cool. I'ma grab every song in my unreleased discography that I think matches the title and I'm gonna put it to it. Ah. So coding, coding was like, you know, coding was like, all right, cool. This is gonna be a little bit more laid back. It's gonna do you like coding. Hmm. That's what I was saying when I went through those titles, like like when Dre named his album Chronic, he was just telling me his album was dope, that's it. Mm-hmm. So when I named my shit Crack, I was like, bitch, you gonna die listening to this jam, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> cocaine, cocaine, more songs than Crack, a little bit more laid back though. Crack was like this, cocaine was like this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Heron was like, oh shit, I left y'all for three years while you know me and Jay was having our little whatever type of disagreement we was having at the time. So it was what two or three years that I was on hiatus. So when I came back, I gave them meth and and, and heroin at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I went, I, I picked the song for meth. I was like, yeah. I talked to my homeboy who actually do that shit. He was all the songs that he was like. Oh shit, this motherfucker here. That's that's what I put on me. <laughs> Sorry. Cause cause I can't tell you shit about milk. I can't tell you shit about crack. I can't tell you shit about cocaine. Codeine, I was I was professor. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I was a professor. So I knew I knew what to put on codeine. You know what I'm saying? A little bit, not too much. Pressure, nah, I whooped your ass for 20 songs on pressure. I put the yeah. pressure with the fly. Yeah. So that's how I put my shit together. Cause I'm being I think right now with the 20 that I took off to put on pressure, I think I have like, I wanna say, well in total, uh, 23, okay, it was 2350, so it's, it's 2330, 2330 songs left, unreleased. Really? So I go and check out through these and just, I mean, I've been recording since 2004. So I mean, I, so actually that's an understatement. I have yeah. one song. So you you yeah. have over two thousand songs sitting yeah. in your library. Yeah, sitting. yeah, yeah. Currently, at, right now, at this moment. And when did you record moment. all of these? Well, songs? actually, actually, I'm lying because I was at James who was yesterday. So this is two, three, three, one. Yeah, oh, okay. so I did one it, yesterday with Mike B. So, but I mean, it's cheating. <laughs> it's cheating because uh, I can go into the room, I can I can do my song, and then the way I, I love James, who you know he has a a voice template mix for my like, like you know how I like my my music. Mm-hmm. So once I do a song, I leave the north side, come back to the hood, go to hoods, he mix, and when I leave, that shit is mixed and mastered already. So with a system like that, where you can actually do a song a day and it's ready. They like Pac used to tell you or Pimp C2, they was gonna do three songs a day. 
Mm-hmm. They wouldn't get them shits mixed in the same day, though. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing a song every day. And I'm getting this motherfucker mixed every day. I will say, like, I go to Hoover's three times a week. So out of all the songs that I'm doing every day, when I go to his house, we could just say we doing, that's three a week. So you're talking about mastered is 12 a month. And it's been like that since it's been like that. Damn. So, mm-hmm. so for for songs that's just loose that are not mixed and mastered, it's way more than that. I can imagine, because you used to put those out. I remember Power, this is one of my favorite albums. You was making yeah. the beats. It wasn't necessarily the best mix, but I loved it yeah. because your you can hear your passion on each one of those songs. I'm right. I, I I I I can't say I miss that zero. I do, but you know, you keep going and you progress, but I know those songs when you didn't have a mixture master, they were still perfect, man. You have this amazing worth ethic. What can you tell the rappers now that that like what advice can you tell an up and coming rapper to have a work ethic like yourself? Well, I mean, it's hard to do what I what I do because you either have to be a deadbeat with a whole lot of money. And a whole lot of time on your hand. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't have to do nothing when I wake up. I can wake up and I can choose just, you know, coffee, weed, workout, record. That's my decision. You know what I'm saying? And I, I pay my bills that way. So to a person that has his life together, that can do what I do, he really don't need to record because his life is already together. But uh, the way I do it is just because everything is a song. You know what I'm saying? Like even even when I'm even when I get out of here, it's like you just put something on my mind. Like yeah, man, you know the shit was dope, even though it wasn't James Hoover back then. And it's like I don't know. You 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 tell the up and coming dude, man. In my perspective, man, stay independent as long as you can. Like mm-hmm. build your fan base. You can go and go take that money from the people if you want to. And it's gonna look good and you're gonna live good. You know, your credit ain't gonna be out if you don't sell what they, you know what I'm saying? That in the red, that's some real terminology. And this recoupable word, oh, that's a motherfucker. They want that shit back. Mm-hmm. It, it ain't like getting a love sack couch where they just can't come in the house and get it back. They going, they, they fucking credit up. Like, it's, it's a little deeper than that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, shit. So I would rather, I would rather, you know, stay independent, grow your fan base like I did. Because I came out with screw, didn't nobody give a fuck because I was rapping way different than everybody else. Uh, did what, look what you did to me. Nothing on that motherfucker. Zero versus the world. A, a little bit more of nothing. You know what I'm saying? King in the ghetto. A little bit less of nothing again. And by the time I got to KMJ doing like the, the self-entitled Zero album and Life and all that, I got to where I was on a like a like a payment plan. And I mean, it was it was it was mediocre. Yeah, it was, yeah. nah, it was it was less than mediocre. It was it was some whole shit, but I was coming from nothing. Mm. You know, this nigga Eugene Brooks was like. Uh, I'm gonna give you a place to stand. I'm gonna give you four hundred dollars a week. That was it. That was life. It was four hundred dollars a week. 
And that, and that, and that was we talking about your earlier albums. That, yeah. That's what yeah, you're, you're talking about. 400. Yeah, four hundred dollars a week, four hundred dollars a week, and a and a and a senior citizen's apartment in a in a, in a I think this shit was a a senior living facility. I'm like, bitch, I ain't no senior like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It wasn't it, it it wasn't one of them situations where you gonna walk to the mailbox and see your dad bitch passing by. No sir, no sir. Everybody smelled like aspirin cream in that motherfucker. It wasn't nothing going on. But this is where I had to live at though. You know what I'm saying? Four hundred. You talking about sixteen hundred dollars a month yeah. doing shows for about like a thousand dollars. But I'm coming from nothing though, so this is this is dope for me. Come on. And this is back when the syrup was real cheap. Uh huh. Hmm. So it was like shit. I'm good because I ain't need nothing. To just weed in the and the go to the studio, which he owned. So it was like cool. Left that situation with the presidential. Got a bag up front. This is the first time I it wasn't no four hundred dollars a week. This was like a this is a bag. Yeah. So I'm like, and it's a well, actually it was a a pocket. <laughs> but I mean, back then it was a bag. Yeah, it was a bag to me. Yeah, and then as you go forward, you know what I'm saying, and then you get to rap a lot, you get you you get to what you think is the bag again because it's the biggest I've ever got. You know what I'm saying? Then I leave off of that and do what I'm doing now, and I ain't never seen money like I see that shit right now. You can imagine. Yeah, so it's like to tell an artist to stay independent is kind of selfish because if you got four and a half fans right now, you don't want to hear a motherfucker tell you stay independent. Cause in you know, I think in nineteen when I dropped my first record, I ain't really started getting money, money until eight years ago, mm. and I'm in my forties. Mm. Mm. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of like one of them old be the tortoise and not the hare type of things. Like persevering, you'll get there. You you can't tell a motherfucker that's young and, and vibing like, hey man, slow down and just have tunnel vision on this. You don't want to have a ton of vision, you know what I'm saying? Everybody got these Hellcats, these SRTs, having big old money, throwing that shit in clubs. So it's hard to tell a motherfucker that want to do that shit right now, today. Like, nah, man, your time coming next year type shit. Yeah. But I mean, but really independent, it's, it's the best way. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's the best way because when you get your money, the money that I was getting, like the, the money I was getting at Rap a lot for the year, or any label that I was on for the year, that shit like every month right now. Damn. Now the other that shit thing, like every month. I was gonna say, what is that like? Cause uh it goes through what a lot of artists, especially as they get popular. You said you started at 19, now you're mm-hmm. in your 40s, you just started making money in your eyes eight years ago, like real money. What right. is that also like to have this? You're famous, and people have a perception of what you got, but you like mm-hmm. dog. I'm, it's like that Andre three thousand verse. Like dog, I'm working like you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What is that yeah. like to have that and and be here in the city and it's like everybody looking at you like you zero. You a legend. You know what I'm saying? I know you got it. I know you got it. Mm-hmm. And you like dog. I'm working. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, we all got to get up and go to work in some form or fashion. Uh, I used to tell people all the time, because they used to be like, hey, man, can I get an autograph? I'm like, nah. And I'm going to be like, damn, nigga, you a whole ass nigga. I'm like, nah, not really. I'm just, I'm just, I don't feel like, I don't, 
I don't feel like I'm who, who you think I am. Mm -hmm. Like, like at the time, like if I'm getting fifty thousand dollars a year, you talking about minimum wage. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like being that Chrysler three hundred from the top notch video, and have one of your fans pull up in the bins next to you, like, "Bro, what's up?" I'm, I'm gonna tell you what's up. Your car better than mine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You looking at you looking at me like I'm your hero, and I'm looking at you like, "All right, well, give me your motherfucking car then." Cause you don't really know what it is. I'm, I, but that's why I rap like that on all that shit because I was telling the truth. You know what I'm saying? I ain't have to sit up and make up no poverty. I ain't have to sit up and make up no struggle. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I just told people what it really was, and they can, they can grasp on to it because it's, it's what they going through too. Because I am them. I ain't no, I ain't you know, ain't nothing better. That's why I actually interact with my. I don't want to call nobody no fan, but I. I interact with my people online, you know, stand for motherfucking talk shit. I will get on that motherfucking, you know, verbally peel your top back on that motherfucker. Oh, we see. And people we see. Yeah. yeah, and 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 that and that's a good selling point too. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? It's a good selling point. I'm I'm a I'm a master shit talker. Uh, <laughs> but I mean nah, if if it, it, it felt bad. Cause a lot of times I was putting out records, I mean I was putting out records and going to go sleep in the back seat of that three hundred, you know what I'm saying? Huh. So so yeah, it was, you know, I don't know, it's, it, it, it builds character at the same time, but I mean, it'll definitely kill you while it builds you though. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's definitely something to go through when everybody look at you like, damn, there you go, there you go. And it's like, yeah, I'm going, I'm just going home. I ain't going to no award show. I ain't going to go be appreciated nowhere. I'm going to go do what you're doing. I'm going to go pick up me a bag of smoke and I'm going right back home. Mm. So nah, you know, feeling like feeling like a star I never did. Now I know you don't like to call uh, uh, people your fans; they're more like supporters. I, I think about like the the online community uh, that you have that goes behind you. Like th they call out people for selling fake zero merchandise. Mm -hmm. Like right. if there's fake zero merch, they track them down and <laughs> call yeah, them out. Do. As you've been uh, as you've been developing this online, and and as a person, you've found this balance between being social and also not being social. Uh, what right. is it like to have we, that level? We call of it social. It's social. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's it like to have that level of support? Uh man. Uh... I guess I could describe it like this, man. Uh, the best way I can describe that is being Paul Wall. Being Paul Wall, because whether Paul Wall is a rapper, whether he's just doing your grill, or whether you just see him, like I used to see him at Carrington passing out flyers for Mike Jones. He was always just a beacon of light. He was cool. He was something like DJ Screw. And when you just try to be cool with everybody, like it don't really, it just feel like it's what it's supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't got no hidden agenda on nothing. I'm I'm not befriending you trying to get nothing. I'm just, I'm just me. So to have people supporting me that don't know me, it kind of feel like I don't want to be boastful, but it kind of feel like it's supposed to be like that because I'm just cool. Now, unless you're trying to, you know, pull the wool over my eyes or something, 
I'm gonna knock your hairline back in like any other real person would out here. But I don't wake up and be on no attitude shit. I just wake up and I'm like, hey man, who got the smoke? Mm-hmm. Where y'all kicking it at today? Okay, oh, so y'all, I, I asked my partner cook, where y'all kicking it at? Oh, I'm over here with the killer clan. So I'll go kick it with the killer clan. Mm. And they finna go kick it with the SPC, mm. which is all my people. And then they finna go kick it with a whole bunch of motherfuckers I don't know. I'ma go. And I'ma treat everybody in them motherfucker like I knew them all my life. That don't mean I'm finna have a kumbaya with you because I mean, you know, I don't mess with my own friends day to day to day like that. But I come around and I just sit down and be quiet, smoke, you know what I'm saying? Laugh at some shit if it's funny, you know, if I don't, I just don't feel like it. But I mean, I'm just a regular person. So if I had that support, I know I'm gonna have that support because I'm speaking their language. Mm. I'm speaking your language, you know what I'm saying? You got a bill. I don't give a damn if you can pay it or not. You don't want to pay that shit. No. Yeah. My motherfucking like my motherfucking life bill twelve fifty a month right now. Ooh. I don't want to pay that shit. <laughs> I ain't I ain't want to pay that shit when it was fifty a month. <laughs> Still ain't want to pay that shit. And if I could find a way to run a line from 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 my neighbors next door with the twenty five thousand square foot house next door to me. I still lay lights if I could. I run me a line like I used to in Mo City. But I mean, I'm just I'm just regular people. So I think when people find out that you're regular, they kind of like hold your, I guess your real nigga auditions a little bit more lighter than a person that's always out here with all these years. Oh, man, I'll do this to you. Oh, you. You know how it is over here. Gang talk, stick this. For what? What am I do I just goddamn lip boxing and spitting and shit for? You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna say what I got to say and I'm gonna move out the way. And I, I think that's why people fuck with me. Cause yeah. I'm gonna I'm stick to the script and I'm gonna kick rocks. That's it. And it makes sense that you're like that because I've always found that the people that was really about that life was the ones that didn't talk much. When you talk a lot, you lying. But <laughs> another thing too with your music is what is appreciated like you just said is like, your music is kind of like everyday music. I Jay-Z, he talks about, of course, success. I don't have a plane, and so when I listen to him, I I can't relate all the way. But like your music is like an everyday type of music. So I mean, as a as a supporter, I can honestly say that because me and all my friends, especially during like college years, when we was going through it. My God, I found me was like the Bible, sir. I just yeah, want to thank yeah. you again for that. Yeah. Story. Well, see the thing about I find me, man. Like I don't want to just go. Uh, Bible based and then like that, but they tell you that the age of accountability is around twelve or thirteen. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that's that's cool, but I don't believe that. I believe it starts earlier. Like if you a little kid and you reach out to go grab some shit, but then you do this, you know you about to fuck up. So actually, you you, you know you're taking account for shit way earlier than that, and then as you get to leave your household and now you're going into the college world or even just here, the, the, the school world, yeah. now you're a little bit more relaxed than you are at the crib. So you're more prone to do more whole shit because you're away from the people that keep you away from whole shit from nine in the morning to you know 3.30 in the afternoon type shit. So once you in this preteen and this real teenage, like you're not thinking like, I know I wasn't thinking back then the way I'm thinking now, but I still was on top of my stick back then. 
and I hope I held the thing was I held people accountable for what they did or for what they didn't do. You know what I'm saying? That's why I rapped and I did this I found this shit because I was still broke when I wrote that shit. I was living on Sun Blossom Cottages. I was on Harwin. Mm. I was on Harwin in the Beltway and them raggedy motherfuckers over there. Uh then then was paying my rent. I was on straight profit, you know what I'm saying? Or recording. And just before I did that shit, I could recall, you know, people not wanting to fuck with my music. That was my people. You know, uh, like my homeboy, you know. I always say people's names, but I guess I'm getting older, so I get I got I guess I ain't gonna say a nigga name, but <laughs> my partner, he used to he used to pull my he used to pull my cassette tape out like if it was some bitches coming. Mm-hmm. Throw my shit in the back seat and hurry up and put ballers, balling in the mix. We had to listen to the geeky when some hoes came around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that's the type of shit we had to do. You know what I'm saying? And and it was funny to me because when I dropped my record and it started doing something, this same dude came back and was like, hey man, I got this dude. Now. You need to do this here. Nah, bitch, yeah, nigga, I don't need to do nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do nothing because I, I found me. I don't need to find who find who you talking about. I found me. Mm-hmm. I found out I don't. I found out I don't need your fat ass. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I found out I don't need you to pick me up. And and if need be, I walk. Thank for the God they got Uber and shit like that. They live. We'd have had that shit back then. I probably still. I could afford it either way, but I, I I'd have jumped out on somebody. You know what I'm saying? Talk about it on that song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's what it was. I was just telling everybody, hey man, you know what? All that shit you looking for in other people, you can look, you can find that in yourself. That's all I was saying. There you go. Zero was doing yeah. self-care before self-care was cool. Man, I was, and I was Kevin Samuels before that nigga was him. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Now, when you talk about things changing, uh, you know, like we said, just starting out at 19, What's the biggest change that you've seen in yourself as your career has progressed? Just in anything? In anything, in anything. You the, know how people are the, music? The skinniness of the pants, man. <laughs> <laughs> the skinniness of the pants, man. Like, they don't even make, like, it, everything is blood pressure right now. Like, you can see everybody blood pressure, man. Like, it ain't. That's the most drastic change I've seen, man. It's, it's, it's the, it's, it's that you can go platinum off, off of online and I don't care where you at. If you want your pants to fit like they post to, you got to buy them whole seven sizes larger. <laughs> like I really, I really got to, I got to really, I got to really buy a 58. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because if I'm wearing a if I'm wearing a 38, I gotta buy a 58 just so they can look regular. <laughs> <laughs> like you know how many motherfucking times the belt got a loop around for this shit, man. Say, man, nah, man. like that. <laughs> yeah, man. Then, then, then like somebody start that way, everybody getting killed. Because how you gonna run away when they start shooting in your balls <laughs> in your pocket? How you, you gonna keep it, it on you? You you can see it on you. Your pants are so tight, your shirt's so small. I know exactly what you got on you. I identify bro, with that. Bro, I'm talking about your motherfucking your balls is right here. You got, <laughs> like you can't you can't even, yeah, man. Like it's we we I know who in control of this world, man. 
and it's fucked up. Now, now that's a change that you've seen happening just overall. But what about with you in particular? Like I ain't changed at all. You haven't changed at all. Nothing's changed. I ain't changed. Nothing has changed. The only thing that's changed about me is I don't drink cereal. You, I could always, I could always, I could always talk uh, with sense, but it's just motherfuckers they ain't want to pay for me talking with sense. Mm. I mean, prime. I mean, prime. I mean, prime example. Prime example right here. My boy Sauce Walker. Ain't nobody want to listen to him when he was rapping Stop the Violence. Ain't nobody want to listen to him when he was rapping politically. As soon as he slapped the shit out of somebody and said, ooh we Yeah. He on. Uh-huh. Yeah. He on. He on. So it's like, but I mean, yeah, everybody tapped into what made them money. Because me, my thing was, man, look, like, like, you know, Kiki, you know, Swangers Candy Paint. Pokey, Swingers, Candy Paint, you know, the whole, in my whole clique. Mm-hmm. You know, me on some things too, but this was like the North, they was freestyle kings, you know what I'm saying? So you talking about all this here. Even on the school tapes, I was rapping, like flipping my tongue, singing a little bit. I was doing something different. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like being different is what saved me. You know what I'm saying? Cause I really wanted to be more on the political side myself. Like when I came home from jail, I thought it was gonna be, even though they wanna follow me around the store. Mm-hmm. But it was the dumbest song I ever made. That they mean nothing. <laughs> this what everybody wanted most city done freestyle. I ain't talking about a goddamn thing on. <laughs> I ain't talking about a goddamn good, thing. <laughs> that shit don't sound good. So okay, that so shit don't sound for, good. for you, oh, don't do this on the show, brother. No, 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 no. no. I got to. Right, I got let's to. talk about it. Let's talk about it. For you, the most city down freestyle was just like, like you wanted to talk about more political stuff. Well, I mean, the thing about me, I've always been, I've always been a, a put some like pimp would say, uh, put some fat on your brain type of rapper. Mm. So I guess it kind of. It kind of, I mean, it's good that the song did what it did, but I was looking for stuff like, you know, and of course I hate you did what it did, but like the stuff with subject matter, the the meat and the potatoes, I ain't never really think that's a cheesecake. I ain't never really think that the, the shit after the meal was going to be what everybody wanted to eat. Mm-hmm. I think what that's saying? what keeps the, keeps the lights on though. You feel me? Like, People yeah, want to yeah. hear that, but at the same time, we do want to hear I hate you, bitch. We want to hear yeah. all of those things that come with it, though. Yeah, but I mean, like, up until that point, you got to think. Up until that point, you had, look what you did to me. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about real album, not the shit niggas have made. You had, look what you did to me. Zero versus the world. You know, King of the Ghetto, mm-hmm. uh, the KMJ run. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the, the Gorilla Mob shit, the Gorilla Mob Rise, uh, Life, you know what I'm saying? Zero self-entitled album. Then you get up into uh, the mixtapes, Gangstified. I did Gangstified in 1999. That's 1999. Class. That's where Mo City Don comes from. It made its debut with the song number one, I think on Let the Truth Be Told in 2005. Mm. That's when that shit came out. So the song was already old when it came out on my album. 
because I did that shit in 99. And, and you thinking about, okay, all these great songs on this album. You got Face on the These, you know what I'm saying? You got all this here going on. You got I'm a soldier, fine up, fine up. Like you got all this shit. I'm in Mike Dean house, I'm going crazy. I'm like, man, I'm gonna go off. I'm turning around, you got Jew and I, everybody in this motherfucker like, man, man, whoever homie is, he, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then you go to jail and come back and the song that everybody fucking with is some shit that you did in the 90s. <laughs> and, it's some, and, it's some, and it's some shit that you ain't say nothing about. It was just slow loud banging all in my trunk, trunk full of punk. I ain't full of skunk. I ain't never been. I blow. I'm like, that's what these nigga want me. <laughs> that shit get the party moving. But the thing about it is, I'm not a party dude. So that's probably why it don't resonate with me. I don't want to be at the party. Even when they paying me to be at the party, I don't want to be at the party. Yeah, we can we can tell we was just at the gas gods thing the other day. You was like, "What's good?" Kept to yourself, yeah. kept it moving. <laughs> so I was like, "Me and Lolita, every time we see each other, we cracking up." You'd be like, "Hey, what's good?" And you keep it moving. I'll be like, "I was really just, I was, I was really just appalled because they was like, oh, no credit card on it.'" What, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> I was just appalled. I was appalled. I was like, "I got my drink." I'm like, "How you go?" They just. Oh no, no cash. I'm like, boy, this shit is getting ridiculous. I was, I was ready to go. <laughs> yeah, cat. Then it was, it was, it was cool because I could go upstairs and I could smoke, get my mind right. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, damn. But no, don't let me be wrong, man. I just be, you know, I'm just to myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, also even at uh, bringing up that uh, Gas Gods event, that was David Banner's release party where he's talking right. about the, the God box too. Uh, and right. David Banner is is not just speaks highly of you. It's you, it's Slim, it's Houston in general and that motivation. Uh, what was it like in that moment where, where, where Banner is speaking about how this city and you and Slim in particular affected him so much? And Pimp C. Well, I mean, man, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's big respect. Like, uh, when had, I've had, uh, you know, I've met Banner on a couple of different occasions. Uh, I think the last time I talked to Banner was whenever they were shooting that video, uh, the Bun B video with Banner, Ball G, and Bun, you know, that, uh, yeah, everything, everything I do. I, yeah. yeah. It, they shot it at Grooves. That was the last time I've seen Banner. And Banner, I forgot what I did, but evidently I must have said something. Cause it seemed you like, man, I did call you back, you tripping. So I was like, that's all I, that's all I remember. And I was like, I don't, I, I don't know, man. I was on that, I was on that third. But I mean, I have somebody like Banner, have somebody like Banner, you know, uh, that's definitely achieved. You know what I'm saying? Uh, pass some flowers out. It's dope because I don't I don't get a lot of those. You know, I don't I don't get a lot of those. So to have flowers being given to you from somebody who has flowers given being given to him at the same time, it's a dope feeling. You know what I'm saying? Cause uh, that, I mean what can you say bad about them? Yeah, yeah. I mean you can't. If you say something bad about Bama, Bama then 
you know, your, your you know, your daddy a hoe. So <laughs> it's just, it's just, man, it was, it was like one of the moments, like, yeah. Cause you I mean, have some stuff that ain't genuine. Like mm-hmm. if I go to Sacramento, you have to do your homework and be like, okay, before I get here, who the top dogs, <laughs> who is they top song? Let me memorize this, let me memorize that. Okay, let me get the jersey. You know, you have some people that's gonna embody that to make the city love them. But then on the other, the flip side of that coin is you actually got real people who come to cities and actually move into these cities mentally when they get there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like me going to Cali mm. and being invested with, you know, with with their rappers and their culture. Like I go there and, you know, oh, okay, it was Nipsey, but it wasn't just Nipsey, it was Glasses, it was Glasses Low, you know, Glasses Malone. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was, you know, it was, it was Yuck Mouth back when it was Dragon Gang, you know, R.I.P. Gonzo, like, when you go to some city, it's just like you just go into your other house. And it's just, it's just another one of Banner's other houses. He came here, he showed the city love, and the city loved him back. And I think the city loved him first because he came right. He didn't come down here with this old, yeah, man, I'm David. Nah, he came, like the man said, he came down here broke. He wasn't tripping if he went back broke. He came down here broken, but I mean, he loved the culture. You know, yeah. something like, you know, something like Crit too. You know what I'm saying? Crit will come down here and, you know, fuck around with who we fuck around with. But I mean, you come down here and fall in love with the city and then learn the city. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's kind of like, like when I go to Louisiana, you ain't got to tell me when nothing is. I know where <laughs> I'm going to go in any, in any part with, if it's, you know, Lake Charles, Lafayette, Alexandria, Opelousas, Baton Rouge, Karen Crow, Thibodeau, you know what I'm saying? Mansur, Revere, Platt, you ain't gonna miss me in none of that. Damn, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, everywhere. And I don't need no GPS either. And that, and that, that I mean, that's when it's real. And that's, that's how Banner is. He come, he ain't scared of nothing. He meeting people and he remembering these people need better than me. Cause I ain't finna remember motherfucking name for nothing. I, I'm gonna know your face. <laughs> I'm gonna know if you're a hoe or not. But I mean, yeah, yeah. it's dope. You know, it's a shout out to Banner. Well, you were talking about, you know, flowers and, and getting flowers because you said you don't get them uh, as much as you probably should. Uh, we're looking at like people that you came up with and and, and talking about legacy. Uh, right now, we've interviewed Lance Skywalker, who, who's putting together the DJ Screw book. Uh, we've spoken with uh, uh, Chill, who's, who's making the, the movie on uh dj screw and and one of the things talking to lance was about was you know when you go through the book it's a process because you got to get lawyers involved to confirm stories and everybody because dj screw knew a lot of people but media didn't grab him until well after his death Hmm. so now they're trying to go through and flesh out a story and as Hmm. you're going through flesh out a story a lot of people just making stuff up some people are just saying hey it's this how important, uh, uh, well, one, what are your feelings on that? And then two, how important is it for you to maintain and have a very clear legacy? Like, are you like Kiki getting ready to come out with books and other things or, or, no, or how no. important is the legacy for you? 
It's not. Nah, okay. Okay. It's not because, I mean, look. I came to this motherfucker. I ain't have nothing. And everything I'm accumulating right now, when I leave, somebody else going to take it. Mm. Ain't no really such thing as no motherfucking legacy. Ain't no such thing. Uh, I'm going to leave this motherfucker. And when I leave, then, I mean, I mean, look at, you know, look at Black Panther. You know what I'm saying? They asked this man, hey, so for Black Panther too. So what is it going to be? That man said, I'm dead. He knew he was gone. And he laughed at it. Like, man, I I got, he didn't say I got colon cancer and I'm stage four. He was just like, I'm dead. And laughed at it and walked off. Mm-hmm. Don't nothing you do at this motherfucker mean nothing. It don't mean nothing. It's cool for why you're here. But I mean, once you're gone, then you're gone. So that legacy shit, like, mm-mm. and as far as me writing a book, that's cool. But I personally think my experiences are for me. You know what I'm saying? I think they for me and whoever I want to personally give them to if I want to have somebody like, if I'm telling y'all the thing that y'all doing alright, well look man, when I did what y'all was doing, I made a left and I got fucked up, so why don't y'all go straight and make a right? Mm. That's my book right there. Mm. I'm not going to sit around and get some catch arthritis trying to make some shit sound good for y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cause that ain't what I'm here for. Cause don't nobody have as many albums as me. And really, if you pay attention, that's my book right there. Every time I put out a record, because I don't rap party songs. I'm rapping the shit probably that the people are putting in their books. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, nah, I'm not gonna do a book. Like, but far as far as movie go, I mean, I got a movie coming out, but it ain't nothing about me. I'm just jumping into the entertainment, you know, on on you know on on that plane for a little while doing some shit. But nah, I never want to do an autobiography, and, and the reason why is because everybody else is doing it. I don't want to do some shit that everybody is doing. Mm. I mean, you even though I mean? everybody's doing it, you're like the one that every like we listen to your music, and your your yeah. story is well documented. I lost my mom and I lost my mind, but right. still. Yours is the book that everybody wants. I want your book. If you let hypothetically, if you got with like a, a writer like my brother right here who writes, like I promise you, everybody would get that book. Well, it's like you know, know you, see, you see, like Pimp C had the book with uh, Julia. Julia Beverly did the book on Pimp C, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think it fleshed out. So, like I, uh, people that were That's huge fans of Pimp C were like, "Dog, I didn't even know mm-hmm. all this stuff." Mm-hmm. Like I didn't yeah. know all of this in the background, so still never thought right. of it though. Right. Well, I mean, nah. It's just like I say, man. I think my experiences are for me and for my closest people. Uh, and I deal with a lot of my my supporters like hands on. Like I deal with, like I I hold retreats. You know what I'm saying? I hold dinners and lunches where I talk to these people. You know what I'm saying? They got my number. You know what I'm saying? And uh. I'm just a little bit more personal, personable and personal with, with my collective story. I don't want mine just filtering out or kind of like, okay, take 50, which is, you know, hustle harder, hustle smarter book. Something like that, where I'm telling somebody how to do something, mm-hmm. I'll do that. But as far as, but as far as what happened to me in 1989, 
while I was over here at the, at the come and go in the clock, then I don't then I don't need to do nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't I don't really want to put mine like I can tell you how to how to not get fucked by a record label. I can tell you how to not take any bands and and you know take a chance and all this other shit. But I don't really want to tell you my story. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And when you talk about telling people like you know I went right or I went left, here's how you go right. If you could go back and talk to that 19 year old you, like what's the biggest piece of advice that you would give that person? Uh, and, and would you have changed anything? I probably wouldn't have changed anything, man, because it built the, it built the, the person that I am right now. Mm. Uh, I probably wouldn't be as self-sufficient as I am and not needing anybody. I probably would have latched on to a whole lot more people. But I mean, I had I had a good mentor in the people that I, uh, you know, I, I latched on mentally to, to K Reno. You know what I'm saying? I, I latched on mentally to him, listening to him, along with different preachers, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and I don't think I made too many bad decisions besides befriending a bunch of sap suckers. I think we, I, I think we all befriend a bunch of sap suckers, not knowing that they're sap suckers, because you know <laughs> everybody everybody got on their game face when you meet them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You don't never know that he ain't the right friend or she ain't the right girlfriend until you get to know these motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. You know, crazy ain't you know crazy ain't right now. Crazy is a couple weeks away from here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you meet somebody, so. I probably wouldn't have changed. I probably wouldn't have changed nothing except I probably would have grown my fan base a little more. And I probably would have never, I probably never would have fucked with any of those record labels. That's probably the only thing I wouldn't have done. It would have taken me longer to get to where I wanted to go. But I would have, I would have eventually got there. You know, it's that, it's that building a pyramid type of thing. You know, it's gonna take you longer building that motherfucker by yourself, but at least you know what each and every brick was when you laid it down. Because when you true. got your back turned, when you got your back turned, motherfucker move that acme brick out and put it up on their own shit and put some more shit on your foundation. So yeah, you gotta build your shit by yourself regardless. That's true, that's true. You, I know you brought up K Reno because that I mean that's when we when we've spoken with K Reno that's his whole thing where don't sign with a label keep it independent and uh, K Reno told us a story he said at, at one point he went back to work he's like I dropped yeah. the album everybody loved it I waited mm-hmm. and then he go I went and got a regular job and then I said nah let me go and then he consistently drops so he goes all this work out hearing happened after. <laughs> like after yeah. I quit my job, he's like, all these albums uh, that happened yeah. like later on in my career. I just started dropping. Yeah, yeah. See, you take a cat like Reno, and I'm gonna say I'm more of a I'm more of a commercial dude than he is because I want to be in all these places that he don't want to be. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? I want to be there because I know I'm a contender, and the money is cool. But the recognition is what it's really for. Mm. You know what I'm saying? If I walk in, the, like if I walk in the room in the streets, 
And when I walk in the street, the streets are gonna be like, oh shit, they go roll with up. I let's not go with that. Because I'm 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 really who I am. Yeah. On the street level and on the 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 music level. I want I wanna be taken seriously in the music like I'm taken seriously on these streets. Cause otherwise I wouldn't be doing this shit if it's just for a check, because I can get money doing anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I want the I want the accolades, you know, like like I Jordan said, like yeah, you know the yeah, three hundred and fifty million a year is cool, but that man said, man, look, Magic Johnson had some shit that I didn't have, and that was the championship. I want the scoring title. I want the championship. I want MVP. I want Player of the Year. You know what I'm saying? I want all that shit. Cause you can't just go up in there and hang your motherfucking money in your foyer. That's true. I want to hang my accolades in my foyer. Cause I do have a fucking foyer. Foyer, how are these motherfuckers? You got it. That's true because yeah, you deserve it. I mean, hey, you top five dead or alive next to Jada, Nipsey, all of them. Jay, Big, all of them when it comes to anybody. I mean, listening to your music, a lot of times, even though you say you don't get the flowers, um, a lot of the rappers that I necessarily like that weren't from the city, like right. they always fuck with you. I'd be like surprised. Like, hell, I was surprised when I saw you on, uh, this was a few years ago when it was on uh, Freddie Gibbs uh, album. I forget the title of it. It's the one with DJ Drama was on it, but you was My on- friend Cadillac. Yes, yeah. even if it's raining, I'ma still drop the top. But, still but, drop the top, yeah. You always get this respect, but with that respect and you wanting these accolades, tell us about your new album, Pressure. Awesome album, by the way. Pressure, man. I mean, it, it was just like I told you. I, uh, it was time. Uh, Ron Hyman had some kinks because of the, the COVID time. Oh, okay. Because you had to realize that uh, I had my birthday party and concert on January 19th, 2020, I believe. Mm -hmm. And the very next day, the city shut down. Ooh. And I mean, it was standing room only at the House of Blues. I had on my pimp shit, I was live, you know what I'm saying? The city, I had, you know, propane, pop, pokey, you know what I'm saying? I had a, I had an all-star cast of people, you know, Slim, you know, Jay came out and spoke, like everything was set up for me to go head on with Rohamed Ali. And I was supposed to drop Rohamed that day too, but due to some other shit, it was like, now nah, I'm at to wait a little while. So woke up on the 20th, that next day, that Monday and like, yeah, we had a level with whatever color, whatever color it was, it was fucked up color because the city was closed. <laughs> and since the city is closed, all the concerts are canceled. Sending deposits back. Some people were just like, hey man, keep the deposits until we, you know, we'll open back up and we'll just get a new venue and so on and so forth. But like the timing was so messed up. I had dropped that uh I'm okay video on the 19th, like everything was good. And then you just did for two years. You know what I'm saying? The concert started coming back slowly, but slowly around November of the year, open the city up, close it back down momentarily again. Like, so I decided to drop 
quarantine as a, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do a little something, 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 you know, here just to get some more bread going on because mm-hmm. it, it ain't no shows. And I'm basically just living off of my, I'm check to check every month. Mm-hmm. Probably a little bit more check than the average person used to, but this is what I'm living off of every month. So with pressure, I'm like, man, look, I dropped June 27th. I dropped June 27th. Classic. For, for Rohamad Ali. That's when I dropped that motherfucker. And it's down there June 27th now. That was two years ago. Yeah. That was two years ago. Because I dropped my shit with, uh, last month. Not it, not, it ain't been out for a month yet. So I was like, man, let me go ahead and give these people some shit shit right quick. You know what I'm saying? I still got a grown man that I've done by uh, Beans and Cornbread all the way through. Uh, still got a, you know, a record with Slim and, you know, I still got a bunch of records with everybody. But I was like, as far as me, let me go and drop some pressure right quick. Let me drop some pressure right quick because uh, I needed to. I couldn't just come back out and just, huh, man, let me get y'all some playtime. I'm like, nah, let me mix it up a little bit. Let me let me mix a little grown up with a little young nigga. And uh, you know, a little a little richness with a little struggle. And let me go and put this pressure pack together. And I think that's what I did this time. I, I got pressure pack. You did, man. Them beats, them beats, man, them the best beats I've ever heard you rap on out of your whole entire career, brother. That was them beats is nice. Yeah, they pretty dope. They pretty dope. Wait, yeah, wait. It, 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 when you talk about uh, the music, because we talking about the beats and the music is put together, uh, it was, um, I read an article uh, in the Houston Chronicle as well, did an interview with Shelby Stewart. Uh, she's over at the Houstonian now. Uh, and she was delving into the influence that the church and your father have had in your music. Mm. Talk about mm. that upbringing because it's a soulful church sound that you have that a lot of people I think resonate with, but they don't necessarily pick up on like, oh, this is this is like church music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the thing, the thing is uh I'ma say that uh, the ability to I ain't gonna say I'm I say I'm gonna just say I I do hymnals. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I do, I do, I do hymnals. I can, I can hum real good. But uh, I guess the, I don't know. The lack of fear comes from the church. It's probably mm-hmm. lack of fear because I used to sing in a singing group with a with a couple of them. Uh, I, you know, I I played around with the uh, Brookhaven Church of Christ and that singing group. I was briefly, briefly in the melody air the Shady Acres Church of Christ. Okay. Uh, and then and then just Church of Christ singing, you know, in, in those type of non-denominational church settings. Ain't no instruments. Like this is just lift every voice and sing type shit. So you got your sopranos, your altos, your, your baritone, like, and I'm really learning, like, uh-oh, up here, down here. And I'm learning how to harmonize and, and hit different notes. So it's like, 
I, I guess the one thing my old man taught me how to do was some shit called a four man melody. You know what I'm saying? And and it's where it's where I would go, it's where I would go and I'll sing one thing. I'll sing like one note, right? I'll sing one note here, and then I'll sing my song, and then I go back, take take this cassette and put it over here and play it with that one note. The fresh cassette over here recording this old note and the new note I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Switch the tape again, switch the tape again. So all of a sudden I'm I'm soprano, alto, bass, tenor. I'm all four. So my old man taught me how to do that. And he also taught me how to play the keys. So if I can say in life, the three things he taught me was the four man melody. He taught me how to play ball and he taught me how to, you know, uh, how to play that shit. And uh, me, I ain't never really wanna, I didn't never really want to do all this shit myself, but I ain't had no money to pay everybody to do this shit. So why not sing my own shit because it's free and play my own shit also because it's also free. I just saved a bunch of money without even switching the motherfucking guy code doing that shit. You feel me? Yeah, man. You know, like Big Mo charged me $500 before he knew who I was to sing background on two minutes. Man. And I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't have that at the time. I didn't have that at the time. You know what I'm saying? So since I didn't have that, at, since I didn't have that at the time, since I didn't have that at the time, it was a, uh, it was a, uh, it was me doing that shit myself. Mm. Mm. So as I'm doing it myself, that's why I'm on it. And I could sing, but I was, I wasn't ready to. I wasn't ready to uh, really get out there and break tones and tremble at the end of my notes and do all this <laughs> other shit that I that I do now. Because yeah. it, it was one of them like, this nigga over here sinking and shit. Nigga, get in the kitchen and cut that crack. Like, how, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't be in this bitch working with a four and a half and just in this bitch, doing all this Billy <laughs> So, so. I don't know. The the lack of fear came from the church. The ability came from from my old man, and, and I think some shit I heard about my mother. I think that shit came from her too. I know something had to come from her. Cause I ain't heard no bad stories about her. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think that's where that shit come from, man. I just I just started honing my I just started honing my craft a little bit more as the years was going on, because as you get, I guess more along in your career, it's kind of like, I need to do shit with other artists because tired of hearing me. I'm tired of hearing me by myself. But motherfuckers gonna fuck with me due to the, the blackballing, the hating or whatever the case may be. But I had to start doing more because it's, you ain't gonna hear the song and then hear Trey song singing my shit, singing, singing my hook. Yeah. So I gotta be this nigga Trey Songs on my shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I had to be Billy Cook on my shit. I had to be, you know, you know, you know, I had a couple, you know, take Maya on a couple songs and you know, Billy Cook on a couple songs. But I mean, like to actually be in the game, I'm still not actually 
25 late, 25 years later, I'm still not actually in the game. I'm still doing all this shit myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not complaining about it, but you know, it is what it is, though. Know? Yeah. Man. Yeah. Thank you so much. Hey man, where 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 can where can the fans find you at? Where can I find oh, you on man. social media? Social social media. Social media. You can catch me on Instagram at zero. That's Z underscore R O. On uh Facebook, you can catch me at Zero Mo City, Z-R-O-M-O-C-I-T-Y. That's my support page. I don't want to say fan page. And on uh, Twitter, you can catch me at Zero Mo City Don, Z-R-O-M-O-C-I-T-Y-D-O-N. And other than that, you can't find me nowhere fucking with <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's like seeing a legend, man. When you step in the party, we'd be like, damn, Zero here. That's a cool thing. Thank you so much for staying in and coming out at the same time and just joining us on In My Humble Opinion podcast. We really just appreciate you. I'm going to give you your flowers. You are a legend and everybody knows it. So even if you don't, you feel regular, we don't think you're regular. You, you, you an alien uh, walking amongst men. So we really oh, do man. appreciate you, dude. <laughs> man, I appreciate y'all. Y'all didn't. Y'all done made y'all done made my motherfucking day. I'm finna go kill this San Antonio show just because of y'all. I appreciate <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, For brother. Real. Thank you. For See, real. that's what it's about. You know what I'm saying? You're doing real things. And just hey man, keep up the good work. The album's awesome. This is once again been in my humble opinion. Humbly yours. Oh man. H-Town is too sweet. Man drops. H-Town. Uh, yeah. too sweet.